Writers have more stories to tell than those that are written on a page. Join me as I talk about my life, loves and inspiration behind my work so far and maybe even a sneak peek into stories yet to come. Hi, I'm Chris Tetrault-Blay and this is Dead Men Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dead Men Talk. And with this part of the series, you know, since I've come back after a little bit of a break, I've stopped talking about myself and I'm going to start having a lot of very, very interesting people on. And today's is no no exception. Um, Multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter. He is the guy behind two of the albums who that are on my playlist constantly at the moment. Um, Chasing Down Wolves and Here Be Dragons. I welcome Matt Steady to the show. How are you, mate? Hey, Chris. I'm well, thank you. Yeah, good, 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 good. It's a pleasure to have you on there, mate. Thank you for, for coming on because uh, I, um, as I, you know, the, 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 my series as it, as it was when I did it last year was really about my writing journey. And not a lot of people know this, not sound like Michael Caine. Um, but my when I first started writing, it was song lyrics. It, music has very much been a massive part of my life up to when I discovered writing books. And you know, just talk to yourself. Being, I'm not going to go too fanboy on you because I don't want to embarrass you. But you know, your <laughs> your music, I I thought is so fantastic. You know, I, I really have connected with it. And oh, I just really, great. I really want to find out more and introduce you to 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 more people who may not know you and your music. Uh, but just to find out really more about your inspirations, you know, where it all comes from and, and, you know, anything else that you can tell us about yourself along the way, really. So, you know, sit tight, really. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the, uh, the ideal place to start, I know there's a song in there somewhere, but let's start at the beginning. Um, when did you, you know, what were your influences growing up sort of music wise? Where did uh, it all begin? Well, I mean, I was, I was brought up on classical music. Okay enough um my dad loves classical music um but we also had um some gospel music black gospel music we had um, louis armstrong um we had uh, grief we had tapes of the muppets and sesame street in the car i remember that yeah we had that as well can't be that but you know came from a church background so there was singing all the time and um at the time um my parents were part of the Salvation Army, so there's brass bands and choirs, and there's just music everywhere, really. Yeah. My dad was actually very good at the piano, very good, much better than I ever got. Um, and um, they encouraged me. Um, I'm not sure encouraged is the right word. Um, <laughs> signed me up for, might be more honest, um, <laughs> violin and piano lessons when I was um, at primary school. And I carried those through right to the end of secondary school and um, kind of well, got pretty good at them um but i 
I'd found guitar probably when I was about 13 or 14. And for me, although I enjoyed playing piano and violin, guitar was something completely different. I, mm -hmm. I started learning by ear instead of just the kind mm -hmm. of notes on the page. And, uh, and I had so much freedom. I could learn whatever I wanted, not just what the teacher gave me. I could yeah. try and play like different people. I could make my own style. I could, oh my goodness, it really was just, felt like freedom, it really did. And, um, and yeah, I kind of took it from there, really. I'm very, very grateful for my background. Yeah. learned classical styles. It comes in so incredibly useful. And of course, I'm playing my violin again these days. Awesome. Um, so I think the last, I think I picked it up when I was 39. I picked it up again. Wow. Uh, I've been playing it for another seven years after that. And it, it took a little while to come back, but I came back with vengeance. And yeah. But now I'm playing my violin in that kind of free, improvised style that I found with the guitar that suits me so much better than just yeah. playing what everyone wanted me to play or told me to play, you know, so yeah, yeah great that's, stuff. That's one of those instruments that I, I always, in my head, I would love to play, but I know it's one of those which you, you see it um, often, you know, in you know TV clips or whatever, when they're making fun of it, people learning the violin is painful sometimes to listen to. I would probably would be that person, um, but when I hear it, it's it's really it, it that's the one instrument really next to the guitar that would really grab me in because I think it just adds so much to yeah. um, to the depth and of the song. I, I love string instruments because they're so um, connected to the musician. Mm. I mean, the there's so much expression with both hands that that go into making the notes, and it's never perfect, and that's kind of one of the delights about it. You're the intonation is never perfect. Um, the, you know, you always hear both scrapes and squeaks and, you know, even people vastly much better than me is never perfect. And that's part of the beauty of it. It's those little imperfections that just make it sound like a real instrument with someone yeah. really actually playing it, you know, and you're never going to capture that with MIDI and stuff yeah. like, you know what I mean? No, you can you can you can doctor music too much, and I think that's the that's uh, that's the danger with especially with the digital age. You know, anyone can be a musician if you've got the right apps these days. Definitely, and um, and actually, I mean, it's the same with auto tune, isn't it? I mean, uh, you can there's a place for for all of it. I auto tune on occasion. No, oh, let me no, let me rephrase that. I use software that can be used for auto tuning on occasion. Right, and I, and if I've done a fantastic vocal take. That I really, really love the passion and everything in it, mm. but actually, there's a couple of notes in there that mm, that's yeah. going to distract the listener from connecting with it. Then I will manually tweak a couple of notes, for instance. Sure. So there, there are times where I choose the passion of a take over the perfection of a take, yeah. and then occasionally I will tweak it to make it a bit more palatable to a listener, if that makes any sense. Because because yeah, yeah, yeah. if, if you sing and um, live you don't need to people when you hear things live your brain doesn't expect them to be 100 percent perfect no. and and actually if you listen back to, if you go to a gig and it's fantastic the singer was amazing and you listen to it back recorded you'll think oh they're out of tune there that's yeah. not right oh goodness but you don't hear it when it's live it's no. something, there's something about it being recorded and coming back through speakers into your head yeah and yeah. you spot all these things and actually they weren't bad they were fantastic 
but sometimes when it's recorded but when played back you kind of get these little things um so yeah you've got the atmosphere at a live gig as well i think you don't pick up on any of that because it's just the, Unless you're, you're, not, action. you're never going to yeah. get that with the speaker uh, yeah. i mean every gig you do um you know even those gigs where you can't actually see you've got lights <laughs> in your eyes and you can't hear anything because the music's loud but you know people are there and there's still a feeling in the place and you're still communicating with people yeah. and you do get feedback back and it's a two-way process you then sing and play based on how they react to you hmm. um and it kind of builds up and it's the whole thing's much more powerful than if you were playing that's uh, you know i've done some um live streaming of gigs and stuff like that um yeah. you know as everyone has done during covid i mean i was doing it before that mm. actually i've kind of haven't done much of it during covid just because everyone else was really and okay. <laughs> fair enough um, yeah yeah but yeah. It, it's really hard doing it without that feedback yeah that's yeah. going to be one of my questions actually is how you know further on down you know skip forward to, to now in the last sort of 18 months is how it's impacted you. I mean, obviously you've not been able to get out there live, you know, how have you made it work or, or did you just kind of hold back and thought, I'm just gonna launch back into it when I can? Well, I think the first thing is I love gigging. I really do. Um, it's, it's, a very, it's very special when you get it right. It's, there's nothing better than it. Mm. Uh, in terms of the income that I make with my music, gigging is really, really low on the list. Yeah. It, it's very hard to make any money gigging. Um, well, at least I haven't found it. If anyone's got a magic <laughs> way, then uh, please do tickle me up and send me an email and I'd love to know all about it. But uh, it's generally, it's actually very, very hard work um, for, it takes a lot of preparation. You know, even if you know the songs backwards, you, it takes a lot of prep and the financial returns are pretty slim, to yeah. be honest. Um, so generally these days, um, I do the ones I want to. So okay. if a venue asks me to play and I like the venue, I'll play there because that's great. Or if yeah. someone wants me to come play violin for them while they do their, you know, while they're playing mm. um, and I like them, I'll go and play with them. It's great. So I, I choose them because I want to do them rather than, um, you know, I, I've chosen not to go to five pubs a week and sing Wonderwall. Yeah. You know, that's, it's just yeah. not what I want to do. I've got, I've got a whole herd of children here. <laughs> and, it, um, and the last thing I want to be doing is spending all my evenings Singing sure. there's if i have a special gig then i love it and i go to it and i thoroughly enjoy it and i put my all into it and i make sure it's going to be bang on and yeah put all my energy into it but i don't do that for, I, you know i don't do a huge amount of it so during covid really so what i'm saying is really it didn't impact from that point of view no um i've released well nearly released two albums during the during the last two years of COVID. um so the first the first one i i did a celtic instrumentals album because i mean i'd been before covid i'd been smashing my head against you know mm. not against but with the music i being being trying to make my money from music it's really really hard yeah um and the problem is you think if I take five minutes break, that could be the five minutes that meant that I couldn't continue doing it. Sure. You know, if I take my foot off the gas pedal, if I don't produce music, if I don't keep in social media, if I don't do this, that, yeah. um, then that might be the reason that I have to give it up and go back into working for the man, you know? And so if you're not careful, it's very easy to burn out. And actually 
we had got COVID, we got locked down, and I just needed a rest. So I started just improvising most on the violin. Actually, I put I didn't touch the guitar for blooming ages, right. uh, and just started improvising, recording some stuff, and slowly the sound came together. And it's it's it was just a way of um, relaxing, kind of centering myself again, and mm. just kind of getting back to who I am and what I do. And um, I kind of needed that. I think um, it was you know, the first lockdown in particular was quite yeah. stressful, really. And I think a lot of people kind of connected with it because everyone yeah. else needed it as well. It was, and I think a lot of a lot of musicians do COVID albums, you know, and they all put their own take or spin on it but yeah. it's just having that authentic voice from what you're feeling and what what makes the music you know right. what i mean i don't i don't go out and think right what do my audience think about about lockdown let's write an album is it really a time that you you want to be remote i mean we're never going to forget it but is it is it something that you want to immortalize in an album or you know well, it's not. It's, 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 a, it's an album for anyone that just needs to. It's. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean, my yeah. my daughter doesn't listen to my music. My oldest daughter, Indigo, she's twenty one. She, uh, you know, she sings with me at gigs and stuff like that. Oh, but she yeah. never put one of my albums on. It, you know, it's dad's <laughs> music. But she she loved it because um, she put it on while she was revising for a um, for a university exams, and okay. she said it was perfect for that. Yeah. And I had other people meditating to it or or. Uh, having it on while they were praying yeah. i had all sorts of people doing all sorts of stuff with it on in the background and, and you know people found it helpful so um yeah it's 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 kind of oh, yeah. it's kind of good. so it's not really a covid album it just happened to be it's it's your byproduct of it i suppose everyone's gonna have their own version of that as well you know it's it's how create creativity comes forth did you find that you were more or less inspired in that way during that time did it have any impact on sort of the ease of it um i my music is interesting from that point of view because it's easy i don't know um most of the time i get the germ of an idea for a song and it's and it starts off pretty easy and some songs just come together and you just think oh i've got it other songs you end up for months just battering away at the lyrics as you'd find one line you just can't get the idea across or yeah. you can't but it doesn't scan or you know you just and sometimes you it feels like work and you're battering away at it and, but when you get it that's, that's great um but i find the improvisation was i mean i literally just put a mic there got my violin out pressed record and just went bam and just whatever came out i recorded and then i kind of pieced bits together and i thought oh i like that and actually i'd probably say 75 percent of the um violin on that album is and it's mostly violin driven um mm. is actually from those sessions I didn't, some of it I had to re-record, but very little of it. I just put it in. Some of it I had to re-record to fit to a beat and yeah. put everything behind it and all that. But So that was kind of easy. The difficult bit is then piecing it all together, getting all the other instruments around it and mm. making, it into, making it into an album. And then you've got the production phase, which just goes on forever. You know, it's, it's, you've almost got an album and it's listenable, but then it takes you another three months to make, just to yeah. soften all the edges off take away the jagged edges and and make it so it's actually a, a listenable album for other people as well. so, so, so yeah. you you do all the production yourself as well yes as well as, yeah i'll tell you why it's because i'm cheap <laughs> <laughs> no i mean as you know at the end of the day 
my budget i don't really have a budget it's um my money coming in minus the money going out i, mm. I just try to make everything as as cost effective as possible plus i love it yeah. i love learning new techniques i love um, listening to stuff i love getting better i love learning you know what i mean and so um yes i do all the production the mixing the mastering i do all of that on there i play most of the instruments as well although um i usually get a percussionist um or a drummer involved cool. so um last few arms i've been playing with tell bryant who's an extraordinary uh drummer and percussionist um and i've been going to his gigs with iona and places um, since i was a teenager i mean we're talking ages ago <laughs> when I was talking about um so to actually get to play with him now is, is fantastic and the, the latest album um we've actually done as a band album with him and um one of his bass friends and myself and that was that was really really good so that, i've done the pre-orders that actually it should be coming the cds apparently are in the post oh so ideal. yeah it's really really exciting. there you go do a little do a little plug for it let everyone know sort of when is that what it is where we can find okay it. the new album is called new burying ground and uh the the band name is the grace machine so it's, it's me matt steady and till bryant on uh, drums and percussion and matt weeks on bass and in certain circles cer certain circles they are very well-known musicians so it's an absolute mm. pleasure to play with them um all of the songs on the album are either written um by um uh written by black slaves prisoners um or are inspired um by that kind of um environments um some were from the early black gospel churches so again it wasn't i didn't think i'm going to go out and make a um black lives matter album but it was definitely on my mind when i was when i was thinking and this mm. kind of the second lockdown the the thing i just needed was a bit of hope sure uh, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. things still going on, I, yeah. you know. And if anything, it seems to be speeding up. And you know, at the end of the day, um, I was started listening to some very old um, field songs um, that people would have sung in the fields, hmm. uh, slaves, and some of them were very early recordings sung by prisoners in um, various uh, prisons in America and. Oh my goodness! I give you shivers up your spine. It's just, yeah. uh, it's just incredible. A lot of it, I think, isn't very accessible to everyone these days. If you if you put some of those songs in front of the majority of people, I think they'd find it interesting, but I don't think they'd want to listen to it for very yeah. long. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 so rough, but there's so much passion and that kind of mix, bittersweet mix of um, pain and hope um is fantastic um you put your own spin on it as well oh like, gosh yeah i mean i i listened to uh new burying ground and it's you know you this is one that i can't pin you down to a genre that no you sorry kind of no it's fine no i mean that's brilliant. I'm, I'm terrible for marketing how do you market <laughs> someone who changes you could you have multi album. multiple places in hmv it's fine so it's probably yeah that's it <laughs> But it's like, because I, I uh, since I've moved down to Devon, became quite a big folk fan, especially the, the guys from around here, Seth Lakeman, Show of Hands and that. Oh, so wonderful. Those guys are just, have been such massive influence on me. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't think you can get, I mean, down there, I'm quite biased again, being down this way, yeah. but they are, they are the ones I always gravitate back to. And I think 
thing that grabbed me with your music is a lot of it is, is very much like that. So instantly hooked me in. But then New Burying Ground is like, you know, something worthy of Joe Bonamassa because it's so bluesy. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's quite... And yeah. it, I mean, it's, it, what I, that's what I found sort of going through your back catalogue and that is, is if you change it up, I mean, even on the same album, you can have, you know, two or three different sounds. I've tried. I've tried to stop doing that quite as much. I mean, the first album when you got there behind you, uh, yes. "Blood Is Thicker Than Gold." I mean, that was really. Oh my goodness, you can record stuff at home. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then I just, I just, I started writing songs for the first time in my life, and I started recording them for the first time in my life, and of course it was just a mixed bag of what should I do today? Let's do a country western song. Let's do a blues <laughs> song. Let's do a, a Celtic instrumental song. Ah, oh, what else can I do? And I, and I ended up with a big bag of songs and ended up putting them on an album. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, does it hang together? I don't know if it does or not really. But um, as I've kind of gone through, I've, I've, my style changes for sure. Um, mm. I've tried to make a conscious effort to make each album hang together a little bit better than that first one, if that makes any sense. I do love that first album. It's got some... Say, it's a phenomenal album. So, I mean, if you feel that you've done better with others, I mean, it, it really does sort of show people who've listened to it, you know, how much how much your music's grown and how good your stuff is. Well, because... I, think, I think the thing I've, I've tried to do after the first couple of albums, really, was to think, right, what is this album actually saying? So rather than having... I mean, if you're having a... If you're at a, a great restaurant, um, your different courses should kind of match and complement each other. Yeah. So if a, if a chef was designing a dinner for you, you know, it'd probably be different than what we'd pick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you would, you know, you wouldn't have curry and then something really delicate for <laughs> your pud, would you? Not really, uh, no. I, I'm probably describing this really badly, but um, I know what you mean. in the old days, you'd call it a concept album. But my last few albums have been concept albums, really. Mm. I mean, um, Chasing Down Wolves was actually a, a story and all the songs put together made a story. And um, I kind of trying to leave it as some of it's really obvious, but some of it is just what do people want to make of this story? You know, mm. where do they what what do they think's actually happened? They kind of give you the bones of a story and, and the people can fill in the dots and colour in the picture. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely purposely thought, so then you've got the music, but then you've also got another layer on top, which mm. can add something. Um, but I mean, from the classical stuff, that was rife anyway. Um, you know, you've only got to listen to Holst the Planets or something like that, you know, this, um, or, uh, well, yeah, and I think um, Prog does that very well. Um, in places which is, yeah. which is why i love a bit of prog as well i love most things to be honest i, I why not I'm, it's a bit prog isn't something that i got into but like all of my mates seem to have sampled some of it so it's one that kind of, some of it, I, mean, basically, by, but... I find fantastic i mean mm. probably one of my favorite bands is meridian and okay. you know, donkeys over here um most people haven't heard of any of the stuff they've done mm. since kaylee which is about 40 years ago or something crazy but you know they've done some amazing amazing stuff and they've done the best gig that i've ever been to i've been to a lot of good gigs but theirs was it was out of this world absolutely stunning um but i do find there's other prog bands that seem to be so very clever so many notes and so many techniques and you almost think you've 
you've put that in there because it's a good technique and it's mm. and clever rather than actually listening to the song and working out what needs to happen to the song to make the song better sure. so, so so i do find some prog a little little tricky from that point of view it's very it can be very intellectual but it doesn't give me a um that kind of not spiritual but that spiritual experience that yeah. whole experience uh, yeah so yeah <laughs> okay. Going, going back to what you were saying about obviously the like makeup of albums and things like concept albums they tell a story i i'm i absolutely love listening to i'm pretty old school i look i prefer listening to an album as an album yes. particularly if it is like that and it tells a story I, um chris de is one of my heroes which my wife just cannot stand <laughs> unfortunately but i mean it's not necessarily it's, it's his older stuff because his older albums they all had a story that he was oh, telling okay. Okay. Yeah. um so i mean nowadays how do you feel that the music industry and particularly the digital age treats albums like that you know because it's so easy just to dip into spotify and select a song do you think that it's it's taken away that element or do you think it's added more to it now uh i don't think any of my children have ever listened to an album all the way through by their own choice i think does that answer your question generational thing probably it's all playlists but to be honest it's so easy now they rarely listen to a song all the way through yeah that's good um and i think i i find that a bit sad to be honest um yeah. and if you listen to a song it doesn't hook you in 10 seconds it's literally goodbye next song, yeah. song next song oh, i'll get a bit bored with this my attention span's only 30 seconds well let's listen to 30 seconds of this song oh what's next look at that one yeah um, <laughs> I, it's there's too I mean, much I, choice streaming i'm I've, I've got so much I, I'm, I'm so divided over streaming yeah it's, i really really am i think it's teaching the wrong things to children for a start my children um <laughs> because they're not learning to experience music no um no. and it's not, i wouldn't say what they listen to is music um just because of the way it's um just the way that they actually consume it yeah um, and I mean, I'm not even going into the money side of streaming or any of that. I, I just find that really difficult. But person, mm. but I I stream. I've got a Spotify um, subscription. Which actually I got it because um, uh, we. Uh, I don't know if you know. We adopt and foster. That's our. That's one of our okay. big things. We've wow. got six kids, and we've got two, three, three of them adopted, and two are fostered. Um, and so we got a kind of family subscription for Spotify, so that when we got on long journeys, yeah. they can all putting their headphones and then we don't yeah, have to go we've done the same thing yeah uh, and it's it's for them it's fantastic you can put them in front of the computer they can make a playlist i could put it on their machine and yeah. it's it's great um from that point of view and in the car i'll often put spotify on mm. and i've got a list of albums that i like but i still listen to them in albums i don't listen yeah. to playlists or switch yeah. between something well, i'm driving i'm not switching between anything i'm putting <laughs> on this album and hoping it goes on as long as possible so i don't have to um, yeah. I still use a lot of CDs to be honest in the car. Um, yeah, sure. yeah. I, I, much, I used to make my own like mixed CDs when I was like either commuting or doing you know yeah, um, yeah. long journeys or whatever. And I've still got the folder of it in my car. Oh, amazing. Mainly because the car I bought last year it doesn't. It's not great on Bluetooth because it's a little bit older, but it's fine. You know, it's it you just stick something in. I, I, I feel I can see my kids doing it because they obviously they get onto Netflix and stuff. I remember back when I used to watch TV, I used to have like one or two videotapes that I used to 
put in over and over again. And they've just got hundreds, hundreds of shows at their, same as Spotify, hundreds of songs and artists at their fingertips. Um, I I don't really feel like they value them as much. No. I mean, there's there's songs and albums to me that are literally life-changing. And I'm not exaggerating. They have literally changed my life. Um, And when I listen to them, they just take me back to different places that I've been, to to people I I know or knew, uh, what we were doing. I can picture, you know, where I first heard it. Uh, You know, and these, it's so special to me. And my kids love music. They have it on a lot. Mm. But I don't think they've got any, to be fair, they're not, as old as me, maybe. No, true. <laughs> but I don't think. But no, I don't think so. I think when I was their age, I had, I had these. Oh my goodness! When I first heard a Beatles album after being brought up on classical music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what is this? Well. Straits was next. Um, yeah. I mean, big rambling, long, long albums, and you just listen all the way through. I mean, you weren't going to skip on a record, were you? No, no. Uh, you know and i don't think they've got anything like that i don't think they've got any uh, precious music no no because i mean i know i mean my kids failed as a dad no (laughs) it's the generation i blame i blame the times i mean my my son bless him i mean they're both getting into metal music so it's what me and my missus have have kind of big into folk music's my other thing but metal has been our shared sort of thing but my my little boy's very into alice cooper Oh really? Um, oh, well so, done there. I yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, at the moment, he's only about sort of he'll only listen to six or seven songs. We're trying to broaden him a little bit, you know, knowing that the guy's got about forty or fifty years worth of music, um, so he's got a lot of learning to do. Um, but again, he it's trying to get him to listen to a whole album. Their attention span just isn't there. You know, they come across a song he doesn't recognise, he'll gladly get skip past it. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, we used to sit there. I'm sure it's same as you, but. Um, you'd get your dad's records out or you'd have your tapes mm. and you'd sit there in front of the stereo and you'd be looking at the cover and you would sit there mm. and the only thing you were doing was listening to the music and looking at the cover. Yeah. And yeah. perhaps looking at the lyrics. I mean, no one in their right mind would do that these days, would they? They'd no. all got, have, a, they'd have a laptop um, with it streamed on with some tinny speaker. <laughs> and... They'll also have their phone, and they'll also be messaging their mates, and they'll also, and you don't get that. It's background noise. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know, and I I love the fact that my kids love music, Um, and the older ones, I would say, um, they've got some albums they love. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 younger four, not really. There's time. They love and they pop too, but it's it's not like so. But yeah, people aren't satisfied with one. You know, they'll be watching TV and they'll have another screen and another screen. And yeah, you've got to be watching three screens at once. What's going on here? If you um, if you had to pick out some of these albums that really sort of take you back places or that mean most to you, what what would they be if you could pick, I don't know, sort of three just uh, out of the air? Um, I think Dire Straits Alchemy. Um, I mean, that was just, I'd never heard anything like it. It was fantastic. Uh, and um, Marillion Clutching at Straws. I remember I went on a summer camp. It was one of those uh, in 
the Lake District where you end up doing kayaking and rock climbing yeah. and all that kind of business, which looking back was fantastic. Uh, wasn't keen on the abseiling. No, no, I've never, never done anything bike. like that. Um, but I mean, fun, you know, you go away for a week and yeah. uh, you give your parents a rest, I believe. I believe that's <laughs> the main reason. <laughs> I think we um, and yeah. you do all these activities and lots, lots of walking and swimming and all that. And yeah. they back at base, they had a room with a table tennis table and someone put in fact i the two albums i remember on this particular holiday there's marillion clutching at straws which is just mind-boggling really good mm. and there was also um alana miles with black velvet that was oh, the other okay. two. yeah so they only had two takes they were playing these over and over and over and it kind of got mm. my psyche <laughs> um i think another album that really really spoke to me oh, i could talk like this forever <laughs> but i'll give you one more yeah. was um Gretchen Peters' Blackbirds album. Okay. Uh, which is, she's, no, oh, she, she sings country. Yeah. Country, oh, yeah, maybe American folk. Okay. Would be, um, country to, to, to me brings up, um, conjures up all sorts of um, ideas with, and sound ideas and lyrical ideas of which most of them I'm not that keen on. Okay. So if but there's some very very good country artists that I love that re I would call American folk, and then I feel a lot more happy about it. So Jeff Black. That's a Dave. hell of a diplomatic way of saying talking around that. Well done. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I, I'm sure they don't like my music either. <laughs> um, but this Gretchen Peters album, Blackbirds. Um, I mean, we had a very sad um, family event happen. One of my nieces died at the age of four. Um, wow. You know, traffic accident and I had to drive quite a long way to see my parents to tell them because you didn't want to tell them on the phone want to be there and you know, they found out you know tough 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 times you know it was a long time ago now but it was tough times and I just got this album through the post and I hadn't played it and on the way down I put it in the car and it just spoke to me it was just perfect for what I was going through yeah. the lyrics the sounds the tempo everything it was just made for that moment and it kind of started the healing process before I even knew it if that made any sense because yeah. you've got so much going through your head you don't even know what you're thinking you don't know what your problem what the problem is you don't you can't yeah. your brain can't work it out you just you yeah. go into autopilot and you do what you have to do and you do what you're told to do and you sure say things you've got to say but there's no you're kind of almost your free will almost just disappears because mm. you go into this shell where you just do what you're meant to, what yeah, you have to do function yeah that's it that's it and um and this got underneath that kind of <laughs> into my yeah. into my inner being and kind of woke it up a little bit and it um and i just listened to it non-stop for about a month and it just continued speaking to me really and yeah. you know Bless the correction, Peters will probably never know what that meant to me, you know. And that's, that's, that's one of those things but, as an artist that you, you, I think, makes it worth it, whether you know it or not. Yeah. At the time, you know, is to, is to have something out there that does that. Yeah. And occasionally you get a message from someone who's been listening to your music, it's been helping them get through something rough. Mm. And you just think, why? Oh, that's that's mm. much more precious than, yeah. than earning money at a big company. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I did 20 years at a, a big company working for someone else and um, I, 
I don't, can't imagine I'll ever go back. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? No, well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. So let's go back to your music um, for a little bit. So you touched on the inspiration that you had for New Bearing Ground, for example. I mean, your other albums, that, um, to take the ones that are sort of the more concept albums and that, are these, um, are these ideas that sort of come out of nowhere for you or, or do you kind of write a load of stuff down and then when you get the chance, you kind of go and you, you see what comes out? What's your creative process like? It's different for each album. Um, very much is um, chasing down wolves came about because I well two things really I'd just been doing a lot of reading on um, Saxons and Vikings and King Alfred and you know it's just a fascinating part of history and I was mm. really doing a load of digging into that just for my own amusement I hadn't thought of it being any music um, and my good friend John Reed who I do gigs with and uh, we kind of found each other's albums and things like that he plays an instrument called a, a sittern yes. which, uh, uh, i thought it was in a box not i packed it i haven't got there yet i have my own wow. it won't be in tune or anything but but it's got 10 strings and they're in pairs a little bit like a little bit like a mandolin but a little, a little bit like a mandolin but a lot bigger yeah. um and um you can really thrash it or you can caress it and it gives you different sounds okay. and john is a, a really good saturn player and um i borrowed his second saturn <laughs> so um i borrowed his his first one which didn't have a pickup um so he bought one You've got a nice new one made. Oh, it's gorgeous. And yeah. It's got pickup, so he uses that. And I, I got this, and I have some microphones. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, it's probably not a bad way of doing it. These must, no. Uh, and I just started playing this thing, and I'd been playing, you know, the, the kind of history stuff. A lot of my stuff is based on history anyway, but that, it, yeah, it started coming together. I wrote a few songs, and I thought, do you know what? There's a common theme going through here. And actually, you could... If I did this, this, and this, and wrote a song here, here, and here, it would be a whole story arc. Okay. And that I think that's the first time I ever thought, right, I need to write a song that tells this tale, and I need it to be this kind of tempo to fit in with an album here. Mm. So that was really interesting for, for me. Um, it's kind of, it's, uh, mostly I write songs with feelings that are in me, where I am in my head, and I just write a song. Um, and then I'll put them together on an album. But that was very much okay. Let's see if I can write some songs to measure to made to measure to fit these little gaps. Wow. And it really nicely, and I love that album. And the thing I did with that album, just to change it up, I played the Saturn. There's no guitars on it. Okay. There's no guitars on the album. Well, there's a bass guitar. I lie. There's a bass guitar, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's no um, electric guitars, acoustic guitars. I, um, the, yeah, the, the sound. I I found a nice sound with the sitern and the bass and the percussion and the violin wow. and together it made a really surprisingly powerful sound considering there's no guitars involved um, yeah. and there's some moments on that album you just like oh I love that and I'd say that about your own music I hope so yeah absolutely yeah why you're not? gonna love your own if, music you? otherwise if why you are you making it exactly say, yeah. if you can't yeah. say it yeah absolutely so um, yeah I mean there's that one the Norglum one was very much well um I just started doing those improvisations and 
um, I'd been reading um, a Celtic um, fiction book actually, and in there it was um, some it had um, some of the early Christian monks um, who uh, kind of Celtic Christianity. What they would do is they would go and um, they would harvest a branch from uh, nine different trees, nine different types of trees, and they would burn them together and make an ash, and that ash would be used in ceremonies. A bit like Ash Wednesday now for Christians. Um, mm -hmm. I think it is. Um, and they would use that in ceremonies. So that was obviously one kind of ceremony, but actually for the monk, each time they went to each of those trees, that was a ceremony itself where they actually harvested the wood. So when they went to oak, they would not only just take the oak, but they would meditate on aspects of God that they associated with an oak tree. So maybe okay. that's strength and power. And, you know, so uh, each of the trees has got a different not flavor. Uh, it's got different, um, I don't even know what the word is now, uh, attributes, attributes, okay. I guess, um, of, of the Godhead, of the Trinity, of yeah, and it, which you you can meditate upon. So, and then, so I, I then wrote an instrumental for each of those nine trees. Right. Um, and for me, if no one had listened to that album, it would have been a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that. What the point was, I needed that. This was the album in first lockdown. Where I just needed to center myself again. And for yeah. me, that creation of each of those songs was a bit like the monk going and harvesting that tree and meditating upon those aspects of God while he was harvesting that tree. And actually, okay, the whole village would then benefit from the ash at the end of it yeah. in the ceremony. But actually the biggest part of that was the was the creation, in the creation process in the first place. Yeah. So for me, the creation of the album was, was actually more important in a way than what I ended up with. Yeah. I don't that's symbolic no that's amazing whatsoever so but yeah every album i've done has been completely different um you know and this album new burying ground i just listened to a lot of really really old music yeah. um and some of them they're fantastic but didn't speak to me and others i heard a few bars that oh that sound that harmony oh my goodness okay let's go on the list and mine don't sound almost anything like the originals i have yeah. to say you know like, there's no point in me just aping them i was um, going to say you know, it's, what's, the, what's the it's, not, you know? it's not a bad thing but when i go for if i listen to cover versions i will gravitate to ones that do something different with it because yeah you can line up the same one but what's differentiating it if it's all done the same I mean, way i'm never going to get i'm never going to sing those original songs in those way no. in that original way better than they did mm. i can't i can't they no that passion that flowed from them they wrote it they they lived it it was what got them through the day in the fields it's what yeah. got them through the long days in prison or, or whatever yeah I, I can't do that but what i can do is i can change it up and make it more relevant to where we are um, and to a new generation i mean some of these songs some of the 1700s 1800s mm. um and i think they all hold up really really well in the 21st century and that is a testament to just how good the actual songs are yeah do you do you tend to um gravitate to certain types of music or stories even you know that inspire you it either it's going to sound really weird i i go through phases during the year where i could listen to certain types of music just depending no, on what weird out there. 
Is uh, it, have you got anything like that? Any where you gravitate to certain things at certain times of the year or certain moments in your life, or you know? I go through phases for sure. I don't think it's on a yearly cycle, um, but I'll go into a heavy folk phase where I'm listening to Show of Hands and Seth Lakeman, mm. you know, people like that. Yeah. Um, and you know that'll be all I listen to for months on end, mm. and, and then I'll go through a heavy rock phase. Yeah. or you know or a, a blues phase um and i seem to pick up a new genre every few years um i i still haven't quite got my head around rap yet there's a few <laughs> tracks of rap that i that really connect with me yeah. inside but the vast majority of it passes me by i i confess i must be too old for it <laughs> but you never know in five years time i might have this awakening of yeah oh my goodness this is actually incredible. And then I'll listen to that for three months. <laughs> yeah. I think but, yeah, as you get older, you have a new appreciation for something anyway. You see it from a, you see it in a totally different light. So, you know, there might be something in that. Definitely. I, yeah. I, I listened to rap okay. back when I was about 16, when I left school. Um, one of my mates got me into heavy metal and then, I mean, it was Eminem at the time. So depending what you're classing as rap, he was what really got me into that side of it. I think it was teenage angst really are connected to more than anything. So, you know, I had some friends who were very much into Cypress Hill when I was at university. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I mean, some of that is still. I listen to that and it takes me right back. You know, yeah, is, uh, yeah, great stuff. Along the Black <laughs> Crows. Oh my goodness, we used to listen to Black Crows. Oh, yeah. Black Crows again. It's one of those I think I've listened to a couple of songs, but. So many of my oh. mates have said you need to listen to them. they're really like important band, and I I've, I haven't made it there yet to to listen to them. Yeah, Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. That's the one you want. Okay, okay. And Amorica is very good as well. Those are the two that really speak to me. They've done lots of other albums that are good, but those two I think are way above. Okay. So the, ones the, the ones they got famous with aren't their best albums by any stretch of the in it's, my humble opinion <laughs> it's funny i i quite like saying that if there's like a big name out there or whatever and in because again whenever i sort of talk about christopher i get eyes rolled at me because of lady in red and that's actually my yeah, least favorite oh. song of his at all if you go back to the late 70s early 80s but it's what enabled him to you know it is make music because if you've got it something is. like it's, it's blessing and a curse getting a famous song isn't it yeah yeah, especially the when day, I, you can pay your wages for the next 30 years. You can experiment with stuff then. But I really, I really did enjoy this, uh, this stuff that you started off with because it was, again, going back to it, it's telling a story rather than then just be sort of lit, littered with ballads. Right, that, go back and have a listen. Yeah. 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 It's not someone I've ever listened to, I confess. Oh, there you go. I was, music out there. You can never get through it all, can you? No. Especially if you like more than one genre. I think if you were just, if you were just stuck in your heavy metal, yeah. You could probably get your head around quite a lot of that. Yeah. But, or if you were just folk, you mm. could really go back to the roots. And, yeah, yeah if, you've got, if you've got an eclectic view, it's, uh, it's Yeah, I think so. It's because, because then again, different moods, whatever, you just dip in and out of whatever takes your fancy. So, but and um, I find I'm not listening to as much music now as I used to. I don't, I'm, I work from home. Um, I do 99% of my stuff from home. Mm. I don't commute. That was my big music place. Um, yeah. And at home, I rarely just put an album on and listen to it because, in all honesty, if I've got time to listen to an album at home, I've got time to be, you Making know, working my own music. Um, yeah. I, so I, I love music. I, what I have got is a couple of radio shows, folk radio shows, that I listen to pretty much every week. Okay. Um, 
because I know that they're going to be cracking. Mm. Um, there's um, my brain is temporarily leaving me. <laughs> um, Steve Clark's Strange Brew. It's okay. on a Scottish TD1 radio station. Um, he's he's got just this lovely voice that really really helps out. But he's all he he has such a crazy mix of music in there but all of it is really good and i always think oh i'm glad to listen to that and then my friend john reed has just started a, a radio show as well and okay. um, those two together i mean i can sit in the same room with them and they talk about music for two hours and i don't know any of this <laughs> stuff i mean they've lived through all of it yeah. <laughs> as far as i can tell and i just feel so inadequate talking about music when they're around but they've both got these radio shows and they're, they're awesome. absolutely cracking so i try and do that and it kind of opens me to different sounds um if i just listen to the albums i like mm. i feel like i'm not i haven't got an input of different sounds and i think you yeah. need that sometimes it can be a catalyst for your own stuff even if you don't i don't mean don't go and copy someone else's music when no. you hear it or the sound even but it get everything you listen to gets inside you and gets mixed together and then comes out as your music um, yeah. so the more music different types of style you can listen to um the better it comes out in your music so i might be writing a folk record but if i listen to some metal yeah. and it touches me that will actually come out in my folk it won't come yeah. out like metal no it's all part of it it's all part of it isn't it yeah I am um, typically a bedroom guitarist. So again, I, t I touched on the, the start of my writing journey years ago. Um, the first thing that I started writing were some lyrics to songs that I was then going to put music to and haven't. Um, I was going to be singing them in on the pub circuit around here with a band that I don't actually have. That's, that's, a, that's a dream, which yeah, yeah. is on the back burner for now. Um, but I was, I, I taught myself how to play, but I was very influenced by what I was listening to at the time and I wanted to replicate it. And I was always kicking myself for not sounding like that, not getting it right. But now what I actually love doing is picking up a guitar and just literally, it's, it's, I just come out of whatever comes out and it feels more natural. And it's not something, unfortunately, I've got a memory like a goldfish. So the next time I pick it up, I can oh, replicate it. I've, I've yeah I, I've started to do that and then I've kind of have to make notes as well because I know if I I'm not very good by ear so if I listen to it I probably still won't remember what I did so here I am I just record almost everything I do and then I chuck most of it away I don't I don't keep archives of it or anything no. like that. but sometimes you think oh that was cool hmm. oh, I can't remember what it was yeah and you just rewind five minutes and it was there so yeah on occasion it saved my bacon there's been a a little lick that I played by accident and wanted to replicate or yeah. um you know you you've got some chords and you've got a couple of <clears> lyrics <throat> and you get a nice um a nice um tune over the top and you can't quite remember the tune and it's like uh, oh no if you've yeah. record if you're just recording your little session even if it's on the phone I normally do it on the phone yeah I'm not talking proper recording now I'm literally just I I point that at my guitar and I press yeah. record and yeah. then uh, on occasion, most of the time you just go straight in the bin but on occasion it saved my bacon then I write it down and then I put it in the bin it's the beauty of the digital age so we've kind of talked about the, you know the, the negative side of it in a sense but then yeah it's it's it, you know oh, there's the fabulous side of it too yeah. though isn't it yeah. Uh, yeah I mean I wouldn't be here without it um, no I mean you can literally now um, everyone's got a well not everyone's got a computer most people have got a computer. If you've got a computer and you can 
scrape together 30 quid for a second-hand audio interface. You can have free software for your, um, for your door. You, you need a mic, mm. um, preferably an instrument, although you could get away with just tapping away on MIDI on the, on the computer as well, but mm. it's better with an instrument. But literally, I mean, my first album, apart from the percussion, which is done by my friend who's got a drum studio and even his drums in there, it was all done with one mic and guitar lead, you know, guitar leads. That was, yeah. you know, nothing clever. It was just an SM57. And um, my guitar's just going in. So I think people make too much of plugins, mm. techniques, or all sorts of different things. At the end of the day, you've got ears, you've got stuff that makes sounds, get it on there. And it's surprising what you can do with very very little anything you know for almost free um you can make stuff that sounds perfectly radio playable um you know well worth putting on a cd um your skills as your skills get better you'll find things that make your life easier mm. yeah but i don't think i've ever found anything that i couldn't have done with just the stock plugins in a in okay. ableton for instance um, but I have found stuff that makes me get the sound I want a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, okay. In my opinion, I, I, I know a lot of producers who would swear blind it's not true. And this, you can, you know, you can hear the warmth on this. And, all, and it's great. They make fantastic music. Yeah. You, you can go with that process and I'm going to go with mine. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with my It's brilliant. And, and di- distribution. My goodness, I can I can write a song today. I can email it to someone to be on the radio in two hours if that's what you want to do, or I can upload it to Spotify or YouTube, and theoretically, millions of people can listen to it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. And you you if you get the basically, there are enough people out there who will like your stuff enough to want to buy it. Yeah, I honestly believe that of any musician. The only problem is finding them. Yeah. It's it's like um, a needle in a haystack. Yeah. So through um, your through so your experience. Put, yeah, you can put the music out and no one will listen to it because yeah. they don't know it's there. Yeah. Um, I, we're not doing massive budgets of, for marketing, are we? You know, yeah. it's, we're, we're not Universal Studios or something. Um, but that's where the social media comes in. You can talk to people on social media one by one, make connections with people, get to know people, share your music with them mm. um, in a very natural way and make listeners, fans, friends. I don't even like the term fans. I Everyone who listens to my music is a friend to me. They're not a nameless... That's the problem with Spotify and Apple Music mm. and all that. You're disconnected from your audience. Sure. Yeah. not friends you may get some fans you won't have supporters you won't have friends you won't have people who will actually mess they can't message you you know they don't yeah. know who you are they've just got your music you don't know who they are you can't no. send them an email so that they can get to know who you are what you do there's more to me than music and actually the stuff in my life that goes into my music makes the music mean more if you know what it is yeah does that make any sense yeah um as an overall package me as a person and my music is far more than my music yeah much as and 
music is free these days. Unfortunately, you can go and listen to it wherever you like. You can get hold of it for free. And that's, you know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. You can get a free Spotify account and listen to everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the world is mental. Um, But what we're now selling as musicians is ourselves. Mm. I mean, we're selling out. I mean, our personalities are what, you know, what we do becoming a relatable person mm. you know that kind of integrity and that this is who i am and this is my music so that whole package is what people support and will buy albums for they're not going to buy an album because they just want to download because they can't get hold of the music anywhere no you know no. Um, and and i can you know but they will by now because they want to support me as an artist and they would like me to do some more music but with spotify and all that that connection is completely broken and i think that's one of the worst things about it see your numbers go up i suppose but it's faceless like you said yeah but but, but you can't do anything with it and they all straight so they're not going to buy cds they're not going to buy you know what i mean because they've got what they want Mm. because they're streaming and the people that discover you from streaming are people who are going to continue streaming yeah. Mostly, there are there are some good exceptions. There are some people who use streaming to find music, love it, go to gigs, buy CDs, and all that. But uh, on on the whole, I think you'll find that's a very very small percentage. That's very true. So, I mean, yeah, here ended the lesson for today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut that bit, I think, and just you know put it out as a bulletin. Um, there's something that you did actually that uh, which I've seen a few of them do uh, over the last few years, which is how I discovered you really. Um, and you, I think it must have been like a Facebook ad or something that came up and you were actually giving away like a downloadable album, I think, or a selection of songs for free. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It wasn't, I haven't really done any ads. I've, I've dabbled in ads and I haven't got it anywhere. Have come up some, yeah, it came up somewhere on uh, my feed. On I, Twitter, I, I, I do put it on Twitter. That's my big place. So maybe on there. But it, um, it, I've seen people trash that kind of thing before, but saying, you know, you're giving your music away and that kind of thing. But yeah, this game, you, you've got to get it out there, haven't you? You've got to, it makes well, it more accessible. People have got it for free already, Chris. Yeah, well, quite. Yeah. <laughs> so, why don't, if I give it to them as a download, mm. they get to know me and I get to know you. And this was that. And I that kind of How thing, much more valuable is that than that, listening to Spotify? I found that really endearing because it's like, okay, this guy cares so much about what he's doing that he's willing to literally give it to you. But connect, yeah, like you say, connecting to it rather than yeah, going through a stream service. Yeah. You go, you you sign up for your newsletter. You go check out your website. You find your page on Facebook. You know, all of a sudden, you can then learn more about you. Um, but I and I, 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 I don't I, have I, millions of fans. You know, that's not who I am. I've got a small group of of people who love my music, but I know them all by name. Mm. I'm not being funny, but on my last pre-orders for this album, of all the people who pre-ordered, I think there was about two people. I was thinking. I don't know who they are. Really? It's strange. Everyone else I've had interactions with, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? It's not very scalable. And that's what I found is, you know, I can get to a certain number of people that I can have as friends, if that makes any sense, and yeah. actually have a meaningful relationship with. Um, but, you, but I'm not going to get a million fans doing that. And no. That's probably okay, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, it'd be nice to be able to do It'd be lovely if you could do Facebook ads and you've got loads of people just buying all your stuff, but 
The, it don't work. They make it not I'd, work. I'd want, that, I'd want that on top of what I already do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be nice yeah, to get yeah, the yeah. extra income and to make sure people are listening. But actually, what I want to do is have that connection. It but yeah. it's really difficult with ads and things like that because um, Facebook ads and things like that work really well for high ticket sales. Mm, yeah. Uh, if you're selling a course for $300, actually, mm. you sell one course. You've bought your ads for the, for the next three yeah. months. You know what I mean? Um, there's, you sell one album and you've paid for the day's ads, possibly, yeah. depending. You know, I mean, I've got my, my albums all on my own website um, so that the vast majority of the money goes back into, like, you know, me um, so that I <laughs> feed the family and the cats yeah. and um, pay the mortgage and make more music. Um, the only cut that I pay is to PayPal or Stripe or whoever processes the payment. And PayPal is, oh, yes. yeah, they take a huge chunk, but you've got to have it, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But if I, but if someone buys something on iTunes, um, they take forty percent right. straight off. You buy an album for well, you don't get a choice on the album price. They put it there as eight ninety nine or whatever they want to put it as. Okay. So you've lost money there because my albums I normally put nearly twice that. I see. Okay. Yeah. So I might put an album up for sixteen pounds when it's new. Yeah. They'll put it on for eight nine nine. You got no choice. They take forty percent off as their cut. PayPal take ten percent, um, and it takes six months for them to give you the money. Oh right. Okay. Oh, this, I, you're really selling it to people now. But. Yeah. I mean, seriously, guys, if you're a musician, <laughs> get your own website. I'll help you do it. Yeah. Give me a shout. Um, but you know. It's, it's very difficult. But it definitely, I, I, I love the personal touch to it, the fact that you can go on your website and you can buy your stuff. You'll sign it as well. You know, if they buy CDs, you'll, yeah, you'll sign them. It's, it's, you, you don't get that. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a music fan. I've got musicians that I love and have meant so much to me. And on occasion, they've gone above and beyond. Mm. Uh, Jeff Black, the American folk guy, um, mm. acoustic, generally... I mean, his gigs are just him standing up with an acoustic guitar. Right. Recommend him. Okay. Um, I, he, he is a bit like a precursor to Patreon, I guess. He had something called the Blacklist, and you'd pay him $30, I think it was, or something, mm. and then he'd send you the next album. So it was a kind of way of him funding the album okay. before he paid for it. So it's a bit like pre-orders or a bit like Patreon or something. Yeah. pounds a year, and you get an album. Yeah, I did this $30, and he sent me from the States... Um, three of the album he sent me a whole bag of plectrums jeff black plectrums and he sent me a t-shirt wow and i'm thinking you made no money on that you made literally <laughs> no money on that whatsoever but he got a fan for life absolutely yeah you know what i mean and there's been a few artists that have done stuff like that and as a music fan myself i mean i i love music i love musicians and i count myself as a fan rather than you know we're no, we're no different to anybody yeah. else we're all music fans we wouldn't be in it if we didn't love yeah. that. Well, what would i like my favorite musician to do for me mm. yeah? i'd love to chat to them i'd love to be able to message them and get a reply back I'd, yeah you know i'd love to if i could buy an album i'd love for it to be signed yeah. actually i'd like a thank you note in there oh, you know, you know <laughs> what i mean if i buy a t-shirt i would like it personally wrapped by, yeah. by a company in a plastic bag no. I, I would you know i put my shirts uh, not I've got money left mine. I, I wrap stuff in tissue paper and I put a sticker on the top. So when you 
opening, yeah. get that crinkly feel. Like, right, thank <laughs> you, though. And I just want people to feel valued when they yeah. bought something. You know, I'm not in this to make. Um, I'm not in there to like make mods of money. I, I want to provide. What's a bit like a bespoke service? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like, it's like a shop down the road rather than Morrison's or yeah. other supermarkets are available. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with supermarkets. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean. This, yeah. um, if you go to a little quaint shop in the in the town, so you've probably got millions in Devon uh, yes. where you get handmade stuff. That's the feel you want to be going. I want to be going for. I don't yeah. want to be mass produced. Support uh, local, shop local, local, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real people. You want that kind of realness don't you yeah yeah do you have you ever gigged this far down have you if you no. come down to sort of west country i've only been to devon once and that was last week oh really <laughs> yeah I, I didn't tell anyone i mean it's really bad form to put on social media again on holiday and then leave your house empty so i just, <laughs> went, I just went quiet for a week oh yeah um, we, all, we all went down to um a little place near kingsbridge in devon um for a week Very nice. came down with us we borrowed a minivan because um there are um i've got to count them now there are eight of us in the family at the moment mm. um and we have some friends as well so we we've got a seven seat dress max because mostly we don't need to put everyone in at the same time yeah. um, so we borrowed a friend's um minibus and we went down and uh, wow. we had a roads there oh my god they are what yeah like they're absolutely crazy they're I mean, there was roads we were going down where the hedgerows were touching both sides of the van as we were driving down. And you couldn't see more than 10 feet ahead of you because it was a winding hill. <laughs> you up, up a hill thinking, how am I going to yeah. make this? And uh, it was quite an experience. It's great. But, um, yeah. We were really lucky because Leicester um, finished school a week before Everyone the whole knows. country. That's so cool. there wasn't any crowds. Um, it, was, it was pretty much empty, really. It was, yeah. And we had the sunshine. And it was really good because... We've had about three holidays cancelled in the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. So, Let's get on the other side of that. I was going to say, yeah. if you, if you, um, but yeah, Devon's lovely, but I've never gigged there. <laughs> you need to, well, I mean, if the, if the demand is, it's your type of music, I think, is, I mean, it, it, it several Devin, suited it? that absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, if you ever gravitate, I'll keep an eye on it. If you ever gravitate down to here, I'll make sure I'm there. Don't worry, lovely, so, thank you. I will um I will wrap it up. I've got a few quick fire questions just for fun, just to kind of um finish off. So I can't um, think there will be quick fire answers. That's all right, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, firstly, uh electric or acoustic. Depends on the mood. If I'm just <laughs> taking it, if I'm taking it in the car somewhere, um I just want to play acoustic. Cool. Other times I love my electric for the for the melodic work. Sure. It's not cool. so much the sound, it's, it's what you can do with it. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, vinyl or CD? <sighs> Most of my stuff is, is CD, but I do have vinyl, and on my bucket list is making vinyl. That, I will put a record out. That's cool. You do cassette as well, I've noticed that. Have you ever I've done one lot of cassettes. And, yeah. Uh, I made like 20 of them, and I sold about 10 of them. Oh. Made of them. That's all right. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. That's why I did it. I, I, I think professional it's... cassettes. Honestly, these are great. Honestly, so much fun. I think it's pretty when vinyl when vinyl started to make the comeback. Secretly in my head, I was like, oh, "I'd be great if someone did tapes," you know. And then steadily, a few, a yeah, few yeah, more yeah. DRs. Brilliant. So, but the yeah. sound to that takes you back. You hear a yeah. tape, you think, "Oh, yeah, it's different." It's what you it's remember. That's what I. Grew I think up it's on. good, but yeah. 
just remember putting the pencil through just to try and wind it all back up again and everything. They were more trouble than they were worth, really, but good fun. Um, a bit cliche, this one. Three things to take on a desert island. I'm allowed to take my wife. Depends if you're close to the thing. So, wow. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase that. Ob objects, items, I don't know. You can grab, it's up to you. Well, there we go. I, I would say Gabby. Uh, <laughs> you're my best friend and we do uh, get on well. Um, uh, what else would I take? I would take an acoustic guitar. Um, am I allowed a free bag of strings with that? Because I don't think it would last very long in the heat. <laughs> in the heat. Uh, maybe. You could probably sort of hide them away somewhere. Yeah. Get away with um, that. I think on a desert island, I would like a boat. Not to get away from the desert island, but just to go out into the water, you know, just a little raft or a canoe or something, and then right. sit in the water. Sounds good. Sounds uh, good. It's a technically by the island. You could have it on the island, I suppose. But no, I'm not giving you another free one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it is it's a great one, I think. Um, it, if your house was on fire, which I, I sure hope it doesn't, this close to moving, um, which instrument would you save specifically? My violin. My I've got two violins. One was the one that I've been playing since I was about 13 when I could pick up a proper violin. Um, full size. I don't know if that age is right. And I've been playing that on and off for lots of years. Mm. Um, and I'll never sell that. It's part of me. But the last few years, I upgraded and I sold a whole load of instruments and then bought one of Phil Beer's uh, violins that he wow. was selling. So he used it for many years and now I'm playing it. And every time I pick it up, I, you know, I kind of think, oh, this is Phil's. This That's is Phil's. cool. Uh, it's, yeah, lovely. It's a lovely violin, but actually there's something about having someone of his stature play it yeah. for so long that actually it's quite inspirational, really. So, yeah. That is that's brilliant. One of my um, um, sort of first occasions that I saw a show of hands, they were doing, it was a launch, a launch sort of free acoustic gig in an independent music shop in Exeter um, yeah. for their, their Roots album, the, the best of album. That's a cracking album. I yeah. I, I didn't have any of was it? Yeah, I didn't have any of their stuff before that. And I had seen Steve Knightley support Seth Lakeman not, not long before. So that's how kind of discovery yeah. they were but they did a set of about sort of three or five songs and one the i think the one of them that really did get me was um the blind fiddler you know and seeing phil do that that was yeah it was cool i saw him in a little uh venue called the maze in nottingham really good venue um it wasn't big but the sound was fantastic and it was packed with people and everyone there loved music yeah. You could just tell it was a lovely, lovely venue. And I did play there once, but it's closed down. Uh, real, real shame. There's a lot yeah. of venues closed down. We, there you um, go. My wife and I were fortunate enough, um, literally in our village, we, we live in, in a town called Newton Abbott. We've got part of it, it's just a little village up the back. And they got a village hall and they had Sean Lakeman and Catherine Roberts. Oh, they're excellent. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. literally, I, I think there was about 70 people there. And it was it was the most amazing thing, really, just having them literally up the road and an intimate. They are like that. proper folk. Their music yeah. is all so spooky and violent, and it is it's just it spine tingling in places. It's some of the videos they've done. Oh my yeah. life! Really, really good. Love it. If, yeah. if I could, if I could 
have a sound like any guitarist that's him. You know, I, I could listen to him all day. He's exceptional, isn't he? he really he is. Um, final one, music-related question. This is really because I'm I'm just interested in this kind of thing from a songwriter angle. What tends to come first, the lyrics or the music? Uh, they both come together. I can't do one without the other. Okay. Um, often I'll have a germ of an idea of a song, but I can't write. I can't really write it without without a guitar. No, true. And occasionally I. Um, I, occasionally I've been sat in the queue in Audi <laughs> you know, picking up my potatoes and I'm, I've had a tune go through my head and said, oh now I've got to repeat that in my head for the next <laughs> hour till I get home before I, you know, I mustn't forget this tune, it's really good uh, uh, occasionally and then I'll find some lyrics and try and mash it together but yeah I I do a thing where um, I write songs for people okay buy one on the website basically <laughs> so you can either give me a person and tell me all about them so whether it's your your loved one or your mum that would be a loved one you know what i mean um yeah. or or whatever you want to write a song about um and um i'll do that kind of ask them some questions and then write a song or occasionally they'll give me lyrics that they've written of any kind of song and i'll i'll make a song out of it and on occasion, that's really smooth and lovely. And on occasion, mm. you literally think, I can't get anything to scam with these. Right. You know, because you're not the one who's actually written the lyrics. You, no, you know I mean? suppose. Yeah. And just having a bunch of lyrics, I think is a good starting place for me. Mm. But it would probably, I'd probably end up with something completely different by the end of it. Sure. Okay. And that makes perfect sense. I can understand that. There's one thing before I open the floor to you. The last thing that I normally do on here is I'll give you a couple of minutes, literally just plug everything, you know, tell people where <laughs> you find you and everything. But there is one thing I wanted to say, and I was meant to slot it in when we were talking about sort of album, um, sort of makeup and, and construction, that kind of thing. And um, one thing that really, really is important to me, and I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of people who listen to albums as albums is that opening track. And I just had to say, Buen Camino is one of the best opening tracks I think I've heard for oh. a long, long time. It was, it was literally, I, I, I was, at the first time I heard it, I was cleaning the house. I always have to have music on. And it's been the only one where I've been walking around clicking my fingers to. Oh, fantastic. I was, well, that, I was, that one's got a little funny story, actually. Oh, we, go on then. I wrote that one when I, and um, we just adopted the two girls. And one of them was three. Yeah. And, um, she had a bit of a speech impediment. It's a lot better now, um, but couldn't really pronounce. Well, she said three anyway, but yeah, some, mm. it was, some of the, the pronunciations were very funny, very cute. Right. Um, and so Buen, Buen Camino's got the, the phrase, I'm going to throw my boots away in it. And she would say, can we have throw my boots away? It's called throw my boots away. But actually, with, with the way she talked, it was actually throw my booze away <laughs> so she you know, basically she'd have her friends in the car and I'm like can we have throw my booze away like, as if i was some kind of recovering alcoholic or you know i, I might have been but i didn't want her saying that <laughs> oh, but that, uh, that makes brilliant. you remember it for other reasons that is brilliant uh listen matt this has been amazing thank you so so much well, for your so time much for
no no literally right where can people find you and find your music everyone who watches and listens to this has to go out and listen to anything <laughs> they can of yours but where can they find it where can they follow well, you first of all if you've made it this far in the interview thanks that's great <laughs> you're hardcore thanks. well done i don't know how to take that but yeah, okay. yeah. um well you i have a website mattsteady.com and on there you can listen to all my albums all the way through for free okay it's not quite as convenient as spotify but try it it's good and then i and um if you also on there if you'd like a free cd i've got a free cd you pay for postage just so i don't actually bank my bankrupt myself <laughs> when my financial manager um, which is me won't have to give me a slap um but oh there's a free download of it on there as well and that's like a buffet menu uh, it's like a menu it's got eight tracks on there and each of them is from a pretty much a different album so you can listen to tracks and, oh i like that one perhaps i'll go and listen to this album or perhaps i'll go and listen to this album if i like that one so it kind of gives you uh, not only you know, some free music but kind of gives you an idea of where you might want to go to next if you like that um but i'm fairly active on twitter and facebook um so look me up matt steady uh, on twitter i am matt stoic steady it's an old fight name but we won't go there um another time send me a message um i uh, send me an email uh, my email is mattsteady at mattsteady.com. Uh, hook me up on Facebook. Have a chat. I love chatting with people and I'd love to, yeah, I'd love Brilliant. to introduce you to my music and uh, get to know you as well. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Yeah, good luck with everything. You know, are, are you hitting the road? Are you got plans to hit the road again at any point when things open up? I haven't up? got any gigs planned. I've just done one at the Musician Leicester, which is a venue that I've been wanting to play for donkey's years. Mm. And I didn't want to do it as an open night open mic night which i don't i've got nothing against open mic night so anymore, but i wanted to do it as a proper gig if that makes any sense and, um, yeah. and it got offered to me so I thought, oh god i did it and it was the first gig i'd done in two years wow. and it was fabulous i had so much fun i really did um as i said i'm picking and choosing at the moment mm. we're moving house we've got um got all the kids here and it's hardly even on my vent it's hardly even on my radar gigging so yeah. if you want me to come play Give me a shout. <laughs> I'm not actually kind of searching for gigs at the moment. Does that make any sense? <laughs> but any any of my Devon listeners and that, you know, let's let's do what we can to get Matt down here. Yeah. Absolutely. So listen, thank you again so much. This has been a blast, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um You're very welcome. I'll uh, you know, we'll we'll keep in touch um yeah. over, over the veil and um, you know, I'll be I'll be definitely looking out and supporting what you're doing. So uh Thank you for the music and thank you for your time. I'll do that when I come off, actually, because it's out there. Cool, cool. Thank you, mate.